Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for today's episode is predicting corneal refractive power changes after orthokeratology. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Dave Kading, our topical expert, Dr. Anita Tichuk, and our lead topical editor, Dr. Andrew Pucker. So let's send it over to our experts in the studio. Joining us for this episode, today we're joined by Dr. Anita Tichuk from the University of Houston. She's an associate professor and she is a myopia master. And she is uh, gonna go over a really interesting paper called the predicting corneal refractive power changes after orthokeratology. And I have to give you credit before we even start, this is an extremely nerdy math publication and uh, they just did an incredible job without going too deep in the math, because we don't have our calculators right in front of us. Tell us a little bit about this paper and what it was about. So really what this paper is about, it's looking at 19 myopes and before orthocase treatment and after orthocase treatment, they want to look at the topography and they want to see how much did that change the corneal power, the refractive power centrally versus paracentrally. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, paracentrally, right, you're going to have the flattening effect of the orthokeratology lens, which is yep. going to be your treatment. Then you have that return zone, which kind of, you get a steeper area in the cornea. So that's going to have a different corneal refractive power. So that's going to affect the optics going to the back of the eye that induces your peripheral myopic defocus, which we all know is the very exciting thing to do in myopia management. So the peripheral myopia, myopic defocus, I think we've learned from some incredible work that is out there that that yeah. is what we're shooting for. So what yeah. you're pointing to is that we need to, we need to shoot for a specific outcome and tell us again, what is the outcome that they talk about that we're kind of targeting here? Well, really what they're looking at is how much treatment effect are you truly getting when you're doing orthokeratology? So there's been some studies with open field autorefractors and doing those studies, you have to do a bunch of measurements in the periphery, horizontally, vertically, and kind of a lot of math and calculation. And that is not, having done that several times in several uh, platforms, that is very time consuming as a clinician and kids, uh, you have a short amount of time to get what you need. So they're presenting this idea of getting these measurements through topography mm-hmm. and their findings essentially said they did a bunch of fancy math, like you alluded to, um, that the treatment effect you're getting is actually not linear. It's not just based on the treatment effect on the central cornea. It has to do with the effect you're getting in that paracentral area, which tends to be double the amount of the central treatment. So let's say you yep. have a one diopter orthokeratology lens and you put it on the eye and traditional prevailing thought is you get a diopter of purple myopic defocus. I'm with they're you saying, so Yeah. They're saying when you do this, you put it on the eye, you actually are having those incident rays go through that paracentral area. It's actually a steeper optical profile. You get more corneal power there. So you're actually getting a treatment effect double that of the treatment. So you're actually going to get two diopters of purple myopic defocus. Okay. So yeah. Changing the landscape on how much defocus Wait you're actually putting in the back second. of the eye. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. So I have heard people say, 
Well, mm -hmm. you know, for low myopes, orthokeratology yeah. might not work because you're not getting yeah. a big ad effect. Yes. Is this what we're dealing with here? And maybe we're uh, getting more than we thought? 100%. So that's where the conversation mm. is. And you talk to some um, leading folks in orthokeratology and they say, yeah, I fit a low myope in orthokeratology. And they don't believe in this one-to-one -one ratio. And this is the first paper I've seen that's taken a different perspective and like, hey, no, if you do it this way, we actually might be getting more effect than we think. So this might reopen the conversation for these low myopes, these early progressors, these young kids that the parents maybe don't want in a daily lens um, to reconsider maybe the effect you're getting. Hmm. Anything else that you took away from this paper that's that's uh, kind of, you know, really changing the paradigm for you? For me, it, you know, we're doing these things with our patients and it's kind of creating another way to intentionally do your orthokeratology fittings, right? So they nicely laid out what that per, that paracentral profile should look like. You should get about double the effects in all like the vertical and the horizontal meridian. So it's an image I can take in my practice, send the kid home, and I can analyze it and look at it and say, okay, superior, inferior nasal, I am getting that two, two to one ratio of um, power and peripheral defocus, but temporally, I'm not getting such an effect. So maybe that my fitting needs to be adjusted. Maybe I haven't optimized what I'm doing with this patient. So uh, it kind of gives me another tool to reassess my treatment and management of the child in an orthokeratology line. Uh, for, for clarity, is, is there a, a generalized idea in clinical practice that we can kind of predict from this? How would we go about doing that with our topographers? Yeah, so the simple way to, to boil this down is you would look at your central power, right? You would yep. see what your treatment was, your central power, and then compare it to um, the highest treatment effect in the periphery. So you'd go to your superior periphery and sure. find that corneal power that's your highest, and the difference in those two should equivalent be equivalent to that defocus that you're getting. Excellent, excellent. Well, certainly a, a, a really good, concise uh, uh, overview of this publication. There's a lot of math in this, and it's a really interesting article. I'd encourage any of you, I think you'd probably do the same, to go out and take a peek at this publication. Uh, Dr. Tichuk, thank you for your perspectives on this and for helping us become uh, better with our myopia management. And thank you, the listener, for joining us for this episode. Uh, please join us again next time, and uh, we'll see you then. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen. 